Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today's Beneplan podcast. My name is Safian Sheikh, and I'm joined by Lucinda. Lucinda, do you mind introducing yourself to everyone? Yes, I'm Lucinda Munji, and I am Beneplan Senior Health Claims Advisor. Great. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so today's topic is, because it is related to your field, so today's topic is biological drugs and what employers can do to mitigate their risk. Now, without spilling too much of a secret sauce, what can you tell us about biological drugs in uh, our industry, first of all? Okay, so biologic drugs are the new cutting-edge um, thing in, in uh, drug uh, manufacturing. Uh, biologic drugs are actually uh, created in the lab uh, from living organisms. They're no longer, I can't say no longer, there's still plenty of chemical engineered drugs on the market. That's more of the old school style, but uh, what's happening, especially with chronic conditions like rheumatoid arthritis and some cancers and, and whatnot, is they're looking to create biologic drugs that uh, they're actually getting a lot of very good results on for the patients for whom it works. Mm-hmm. Issues with our industry is that uh, as wonderful as they are um, for the people for whom they work, uh, they're also incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, what our industry needs to do is find the balance because we don't want to deny the drugs to the patients for whom they're beneficial. My aunt actually is on one for cancer and, and it's the reason she's still alive. We, we want the drugs to go to those patients. Um, what we want to be able to do for sponsors though is to understand what the limitations are for these drugs too. For the patients for whom it doesn't work, for some people actually it, it creates horrible side effects. Uh, for other people as far as the therapy goes, they, they could probably get the same or pretty comparable results from other much cheaper chemical compound drugs. So what you would want to do then uh, as an employer is have something in place for your plan that will steer the people to the biologics when it's suitable to do so and steer them away from it when it's suitable to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the best things that Plan has in its pocket is that we are partnered with a company called Personalized Prescribing, which uh, is a pharmacogenetic testing um, that uh, allows for, for testing uh, on, a, on a case-by-case basis, a, a patient-by-patient basis, so that they can get their own profile and their doctor can see exactly what it is that would be a benefit to them. And if it's a biologic, terrific. If it's not, um, then why would the plan waste its money? There are other ways to do it. Uh, more trial and error, though, uh, involving your doctor uh, choosing to prescribe you uh, the less the less expensive drugs, seeing how it goes, and from there, it's called step therapy, and then from there trying other ones uh, up until they get to the biologic the issue there is that there is a lot of trial and error, and you're also taking the risk, too, that while you're trying out different drugs, besides not getting results as quickly as you would like to, you may also be getting adverse effects. Yeah. And and why not avoid that if you can? Why not go straight for the drug that is going to be of the best benefit for you, whether it's biologic or not, and uh, cutting all that out and, mm-hmm. and uh, creating quick, more quickly a, a better quality of life for the patient. We have actually had uh, cases where a patient uh, on antidepressants, for instance, as a daughter, I should say, was having some mental health issues and, and uh, was, was put on drugs uh, for it and, and with the expectation that it would help her improve, and it made her worse. We did the testing, and, and the doctor the knew immediately. Testing. Which yeah, yeah, and the doctor knew immediately uh, what to switch her to, and, and the results were almost immediate, uh, too. So um, there, there's a lot to do to use biologics and, and other types of drugs, and, and to uh, 
try to steer people towards the therapy that would be most beneficial to them. Um, we also, though, in what we do, provide a service um, for people who, if their plan has a cap on it, which a lot of plans now do uh, for drugs, that we can help people with finding other forms of coverage. Sometimes it's as simple as explaining to them coordination benefits with their spouse's plan. Uh, and sometimes it's a little more difficult where we work with the province, actually, for uh, government programs that may exist. Uh, primarily, we're in Ontario, but I've done it with New Brunswick as well. Um, Quebec has a very interesting and unique uh, drug plan whereby the government uh, mandates what drugs uh, are to be covered and, and exceptions when the case may, be, may warrant it. And we're looking at the possibility that government will become exceedingly more involved, but we don't know to what extent right now with PharmaCare, but we're ready to uh, pivot as we need to as that occurs. So Lucinda, you mentioned that uh, biological drugs are fairly expensive compared to mm -hmm. the chemical drugs. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit more about why are these biological drugs so expensive and how are they impacting the use of regular chemical drugs? Okay, so biologic drugs are, well, any type of new drug actually tends to be pretty expensive simply because of the research and development costs that go into it. Biologic drugs, because they are so cutting edge, of course are, are highly, highly uh, expensive. And that's kind of to be expected. Uh, the market forces won't be bringing that down until something called biosimilars uh, start becoming more increasingly on the market. They're and starting. what are biosimilars? For some of our listeners who don't okay. really know what that is. So. A brand name drug is the company that created the drug. We'll put it out as its brand name. It usually has patent protection for a number of years um, to protect its investment so it can recoup its R&D costs. And then after the patent runs out, the generics come on the market. And those are fairly simple to engineer uh, from a chemical standpoint. Biologics, uh, though, not so much. Um, but again, because it's a new science, um, however, it, we do have a couple companies, uh, Apotex, uh, actually, which is the company that uh, really disrupted, at least in Canada, the brand uh, name Generic uh, and Generic Market, um, also has a new company as well, which is for engineering the biosimilars. And essentially what that is, is what uh, generic drugs were to brand names, biosimilars are to biologics. It's the new generic field. Um, where there's going to be increased competition and that will bring the cost down. Um, now, with regard to the biologics being so expensive, like I said, any new drug tends to be more expensive because they are trying to recoup their, their losses. Um, so what we're seeing though, um, what I've seen in a couple of instances, and this is anecdotal, um, but I, I see it and it concerns me, is that there are some drugs that, because they're for chronic conditions, serious conditions, um, and ones where people will pay for the treatment no matter what. Uh, we're seeing drugs that we know from a chemical standpoint aren't necessarily, are either not new or rather not necessarily all that complicated, um, or name names. Uh, there's one drug that was brought to my attention where it turned out that the active ingredient in it is baking soda. No way. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and one other case, um, there's a, a drug that was out in the market about, say, f oh, probably about 50 years ago, and it got taken off because it was being used uh, for pregnant women. And, it, and then they found out pretty quickly that it was causing severe disabilities and deformities in, in their children. Oh, my God. In recent years, it's back on the market, presumably not pregnant women, um, but it's now being used to treat a certain form of cancer. And when I got my first case for it, I looked at it and thought, the, 
and and so too did our general manager looked at it and thought this is a, a biologic we just assumed that straight from the price in fact when i was working on the case i found out no it isn't it's this drug it's this drug that's been well, was originally on the market 50 years ago, has been taken off for decades for safety reasons. There's can't possibly be that much R&D to it um, in that it, it's something that was created many, many years ago. Uh, certainly there'd be some cost to clinical trials for, for its use in, in cancer treatment, but I, I just cannot see how that could co- possibly justify it being comparable in cost to a biologic. So I think what we're seeing is that because biologics are now out in the stratosphere in terms of cost, that what we're going to be seeing more of is the chemical drugs just saying, hey, if that's what the market's allowing for prices to shoot up like that and we can get people to pay for it, why not? Well, the answer why not is because this is healthcare. This is this is people's well-being. And this is the type of thing that actually would push a country to say, why don't we go national pharmacare? New Zealand, for instance, I think is very well known for having much lower drug costs than we do because they, as a country, have the uh, negotiating power to bring those costs down. And I, I really think it's incumbent on all of us as citizens, as companies, as, as insurers and whatnot, to contain costs as, as best we can. If the answer turns out to be National Pharmacare, then that's what it will be. But I really do think that there's a lot of steps in between that we could be taking to not have to go that route. And uh, and really, we shouldn't be, be condoning a system that would gouge people like that anyway. There, there have to be better solutions. What kind of steps can policy sponsors take to make coverage of biologics more efficient? Well, uh, one of the steps is actually something that the carriers are tending to require, and that would be uh, reformulary um, is essentially where they're steering people towards towards the proper drugs. In a case where your doctor has prescribed something that's more expensive than the lowest cost generic, for instance, if uh, there's a reason why you can't take it or your doctor uh, feels that there is a reason why you should be taking the more expensive, then they're going to have to apply for the exception. Uh, that's where the uh, testing uh, would really come in handy because there's something that right there shows that for you this is, is your best outcome. Uh, and uh, something else that you can do with a drug cap on your plan if you choose to go that route, um, that helps contain costs. Um, that makes patients more educated about the need to contain costs and to therefore bring that to their the attention of their doctors doctors i think need to need to be more aware overall of the sense of if you're prescribing something make certain it's the right thing not simply the flashiest thing um and uh also there are other means of support out there, uh, and I did uh, mention briefly that there are provincial programs that, that can help with costs if you uh, reach a maximum under your plan, um, that uh, there might be some small out-of-pocket cost to the member, but for the most part, uh, most drugs, are, as they reach the market, uh, do tend to get covered. The uh, testing uh, and uh, the authorization. There's a lot of things that are already built right into the policies themselves, um, and, but it, it's best to have a plan where they will describe to you the different scenarios that they see and to show 
where there being cases, for instance, where something wasn't covered, but on an exception basis, we were able to get covered or we were able to find other sources of coverage. It, what we really need in plans is to not be a, a one-size-fits-all approach necessarily, but really so that it, it it's, contains costs and is built around containing costs, but is flexible enough for the many different scenarios that, that can happen. So I might be wrong in this, but in asking, but uh, does OHIP cover biological drugs or like pay a percentage of uh, biological drugs if a patient goes ahead and buys those drugs? Because they're fairly expensive, as you mentioned, right? Normally, there's what I I did mention uh, earlier, where either the insurance company or, yes, the province as well will insist on what's called step therapy. And that's where they want you to try the less expensive options um, and unless there's a reason like testing results that uh, show why you, you can't or shouldn't um, then they do expect you to, to go with that um, biologics when they work well for somebody what they're finding and it's going to vary from drug to drug but what they do find is it's usually for about a third 30 to 40 percent of the patients um, which is great for them and but it's still a high percentage. I mean, thirty to forty percent is still pretty high. Yeah, but then you've got sixty to seventy percent for whom this high cost drug isn't going to be of any greater benefit to them. Mm-hmm. So you may as well go with the generic in those cases. Uh, so yeah, the the provinces are aware of that, and uh, and they do expect step therapy to uh, to be done. I, I've seen it where they've declined claims because some somebody has refused step therapy. Uh, so yeah, they they definitely um, are involved in that and, and have an eye on that about what the outcomes will be and, and if that can be efficiently uh, done. Um, and in a case where somebody, say, doesn't want to do step therapy, we do have to look, too, at why is that. And very often it, it's because the medical outcome and the marketing objective are very diverged. Um, so you want to kind of bring that more in line so that it's all based on the medical outcome. We realize that the pharmaceuticals are, are companies in the business of, of making money, um, but there, there, there should be some reasonable limitation on that. Well, Lucinda, thank you so much for giving us all these valuable insights. Truly appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners are going to be uh, very intrigued by some of the insights that you've shared with us. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. For all the listeners out there, uh, if you'd like what you heard, and if you would like us to cover any specific topic, please be sure to drop us an email at ea at beneplan.ca. You can find us on our social channels. Uh, We are on Instagram as beneplan.ca, on Facebook as Beneplan Cooperative, and on Twitter as Beneplan. Uh, This is Sofian signing out, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Take care.